Hi there. I'm Robert Hurst, and I welcome you to Safe Zone, a podcast that is your one place for sane and practical discussion about making the place where you worship safe and secure. In the Safe Zone, we discuss a wide variety of elements regarding safety and security, as well as share practical ideas, integrate concepts from various disciplines, and offer great tips to help create a safe and secure environment everyone seeks where they worship. Safe Zone isn't just about you, it's about everyone you love and care for where you worship. Let's get right into this episode of Safe Zone. Welcome back to the Safe Zone. As always, I hope and pray that you are being safe and staying healthy wherever life has you at this time. Now, before we get into the subject matter today, I want to thank those of you who have been sending me emails and texts to share how you've used the information that we regularly talk about in Safe Zone, not just for the place where you worship, but also for where you work and even your families. Several of you have shared how you use the principles and the lessons we teach right there within your business and your families to help keep them safe. That is cool. Thanks for the contact and keep that encouragement coming. Now, today's Safe Zone podcast is going to be just a bit longer than normal because I'm going to share information on a subject that almost no church has considered in their planning, nor do they have a plan for now, yet it can become a very large concern for both legal and publicity liability after a critical incident. Let's say the critical incident, whatever it is, is now over. What are your plans to get people back together that may be scattered around the grounds after that critical incident, particularly getting the right children from your nursery to the right adult? How can we make reunification of loved ones work well? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Get them back together via reunification plan and process. If your place of worship has a smaller congregation, maybe, let's say, an attendance of less than 100 people or so each Sunday, which, by the way, is the average-sized church in America, according to statistics, you may think this subject does not pertain to you. But past incidents have shown that it is important to any place where people come together to worship, regardless of size. So listen up, take notes, And then go ahead and pass this link uh, to this podcast on to your friends who may worship somewhere else and might not be listening. They may need this. The principles of our reunification process that we're going to discuss align with the nationally recognized standard of the I Love You Guys Foundation. By the way, you can find them at iloveyouguys.org. That's four words crammed together, iloveyouguys.org and their plan called the Standard Reunification Process. Now, before we go further, let me take just a moment to give a couple of definitions to terms I will use throughout. One is the Standard Reunification Process, which you may hear me refer to as SRM, and the other is the term Critical Instant. And and let me start with that last one first. I use the term Critical Instant to identify any type of emergency activity that might cause you to place your church where you worship in a lockout, lockdown, or shelter-in-place condition, or cause you to have to evacuate the building. Now, reasons for this could be for anything from a weather-related event to a fire to something just as dangerous. Standard reunification method, though, or SRN, refers to a pre-planned, standardized, and coordinated effort to reunite members of families as quickly as it is safe to after a critical event. Uh, 
and especially to make certain the right child goes with the right adult on leaving your church's care. Now, if you will remember in two earlier podcasts, numbers 11 and 12, we discussed how to standardize your response to a critical event when I share the very easy principles of the Standard Response Protocol, or SRP. If you haven't listened to those two podcasts yet, I really encourage you to do so. SRP is designed to help you quickly move people to a position of safety during your response to the critical instant. SRM, on the other hand, picks up at the end of the event and assists with getting families back together. So, for SRM to work properly... I am going to assume you already have plans in place for where you worship that guide you in moving everyone to a location of safety in a critical instant if needed. Make certain uh, that, by the way, that you consider your response plans based on a list of every crisis event that has happened in the past to where you worship or maybe one that you had a near miss. An example of this might be a tornado that either struck the building or came through the neighborhood sometime in the last five or ten years. Another could be a hazardous material incident uh, from spilled flammable fluids or gases, industrial area, traffic accident, or whatever. We call those hazmat. Others could be flooding that comes up while people are in the church, or fire or smoke somewhere in the building. Of course, there's still the concern for the people-oriented issues, and that can be everything from the fairly benign, perhaps mentally challenged person who comes in and disrupts things, all the way to the very tragic active shooter event. But once you have your respo- the response plans locked in, it's time to go past that to SRM. And there are two guiding principles and three easy steps to make SRM work well for everyone. So let's discuss the principles first. The first guiding principle is accountability. Now, accountability is both a principle and a tangible action. You want the accountability factor of everyone doing what they say they will do. But you also want accountability to guide you as you make certain you have a way to account for everyone in the building. For instance, do you normally have a role list in every room where there's a group that meets regularly? If not, does Each room in the building have a clipboard, say, and paper and pen nearby so that a basic list of names in the room could be very quickly drawn together at the time of an issue or a critical instant. This accountability of names on a list is particularly critical for the nursery and children's areas. Being able to have a solid list of who needs to be accounted for helps you know when, oh, everyone's accounted for. No guessing. None of this, uh, well, I thought I saw him here, or I saw I thought him over there, or, you know, I think maybe I saw him leave. No, you know what you're working with, and someone has to be accountable for making certain that part all happens. The second principle is documentation. That means you need to think about documenting everything in some way, including having a detailed written plan of how you will release your children back to their parents or designated adult. Now, depending on size and circumstances, you may, be able, you may be able to make do with just a simple checklist, or you may need a fairly detailed plan. Once again, it depends on the size of your church and all the factors involved. Yeah, I know you would never try to keep a child from the proper family, but you also need to be able to account for who the child actually went with. Folks, I've heard several firsthand encounters of how a parent under a restraining order or maybe the 
the uncle that the people in the family called the crazy uncle or even the next door neighbor somehow was able to show up and attempt to take a child from the scene of a critical instant. In every case, the party always offered a very sincere reason for why they, not the parent, was there. Some you encounter that do this may be legitimate, by the way, and that's why you have to have a clear process for determination and documentation. For instance, after a critical incident is resolved, it may be one of the grandparents who comes by to reclaim the child from the nursery while one or both of the parents are somewhere else on the property. Or how about the teenage sibling of the child? Would you just release that child to them? Eh, it might be appropriate, but then again, it might not. Either way, you need to decide your policy now and then document it so everyone has a reference point for what to expect. So very simply, those are your two guiding principles, accountability and documentation. Now, let's step over to the three steps you can start taking this week. But before we do so, let's pause for our midstream break and ministry focus for this podcast. Got to tell you, I am very excited about our podcast ministry partner focus today because this is an exceptional group called Marketplace Chaplains USA. They are a group that works with companies across the United States and Canada of all sizes to offer personal support services for all the employees and families in the companies they work with. I know these people and to say they are caring, professional, and effective, well, those are three words that are just not strong enough to explain the impact of a marketplace chaplain in the workplace. The group presently has chaplain teams in over 1,000 companies serving over 4,200 locations across the United States and Canada. Their chaplain teams are made up of male, female, and ethnically diverse members so that they can best relate with the client company employee team members in the workplace. Oh, by the way, they're also on the cutting edge using their MyChap app. Isn't that kind of a neat name? MyChap app to help a client company's uh, employees connect effortlessly with an assigned chaplain team member 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Hey, business person, listen. If you're a business owner or officer who's been seeking a tangible way to care for your employees, you need to contact Marketplace Chaplains USA today. You can call them at 800-775-7657 or contact them online at mchapusa.com. That'd be kind of like Marketplace Chap USA, mchapusa.com. If you are a pastor who has a heart for serving in the marketplace as a chaplain, in a very authentic and effective way, Marcus Place Chaplains is always seeking those with such a heart for ministry as yours to help in the marketplace. Give them a call today. Same number, 800-775-7657 or online at mchapusa.com. Now let's get back to our three action steps we can take now to prepare to get them back together. Step one, if you have not already done so, Put together your list of all the hazards and crises that could create a critical incident for where you worship. Now, don't go crazy with things that might happen once in two lifetimes, but also do not ignore the issues that can happen at any time during the year. You're probably going to be surprised at everything you list, and mentally, when you do this, you are already on the way to a good response just by acknowledging it could happen. So make your list of hazards that could create a critical incident. That's step one. Step two, 
determine what your standardized response is going to be during any critical incident. Let's face it. Places where people worship do not deal with a critical incident every time together. So keep your response plans simple and easy so you can both train and refresh at least yearly, preferably more often on those plans. Simplified plans also make it easier for everyone to remember what to do during the critical instant. Don't wait, however, for a critical instant to occur before making your plans. My goodness. In today's world, that is not only unwise, but can also get your church into legal trouble. If uh, victims later on find out that you knew something like this could happen, but you did nothing to prepare for it. Step three, outline and finalize how you want to do a reunification method after a critical event and include all ages in that process. Make it a simple written process that you can quickly hand out to key workers after the incident at the operational level. By the way, think creatively as you do this. For instance, one church I am familiar with has a plan for the nursery during and after a building evacuation for any reason. They know where they're going with the kids. They know how they will protect the children, even in bad weather. They know that after the incident, what they're going to do when a parent or guardian comes to reclaim and reunite with a child. They have a check-in, check-out list every Sunday that they're going to use for their validation at that time as well as they've already got plans on how they're going to take a real quick goodbye, in air quotes, picture with the child and the adult together before they leave. This way, the church has a pictorial time-stamped evidence trail of who the child was last seen with prior to leaving the nursery evacuation area. This is the kind of -of out-of-the-box simplicity you need to consider. And then put that simplicity into a plan that you share with everyone and train on regularly. Okay, so there you have two guiding principles and three steps you can take now to make certain that you can get them back together after a critical incident. You know something? Based on the stories I have heard and witnessed, this podcast, this particular one about planning and actions that you've been listening to is an extremely critical one. But I got to be honest, I hope it's the one that you never have to implement because if you do, It means something has already gone very wrong where you worship. So until next time, remember to plan, practice, and be ready. The crisis that occurs at the place where you worship may not be your choice. Your response, however, is. So make it a good one. Stay safe, stay healthy, and God bless. That wraps it up for this episode of Safe Zone. Take what you learned and help bring a newfound peace of mind to those you worship with by making it a safer place to worship. I have an action request for you, and that is that you go to iTunes or whatever podcast service you use and leave us a favorable rating, please. That helps us in the overall very crowded podcast marketplace. And while you're there, be certain to take a moment and hit the subscribe button so you won't miss a single new episode released. Also, if you would, forward this podcast to your friends and associates that are in your sphere of influence on a daily basis. After all, we're all in this together, so let's all learn together and grow together. Until next time, have a great day, have a safe week, and wherever you worship, let's make it a safe place to worship. Blessings to you, and be safe.